A story is told of a king announced that he would give a great prize if someone could paint a portrait of peace. It went on for a while, and all the, the artists started bringing in the portraits and demonstrating all the different ways they, they visioned peace. And one of the paintings that all the artists felt like was perfect was one that showed that there was a ripple in the brook and that there was overlooking about a beautiful mountain that had snow on top of it. And birds were sitting on the nest and the trees. And there was this big, big, big sun looking down on them. And there was a person laying in the meadows next to the brook, just in peace and tranquility. To them, that was the perfect peace. That was perfect to them. And they thought that was the best painting. But then they were stunned when the pre or when, when they were stunned when the king says, That's not the one I want. And so the one they looked at that when he picked, they were shocked. They were shocked to see it because it revealed of a dark, eerie, very violent sky. The, the portrait, which lightened in the background, overcovering the mountains that were rugged and they were bare. And the sky was dark and the violence looking. And they thought, how could he have picked something like that? But then one of the artists says, look, look at the painting. And when they looked at the painting, what they saw was a tiny bush that was stuck in the back of some bushes there. And right, right on that bush was a nest. And in that nest was a mother bird protecting her little birds, little babies there. The painting revealed that it was a chaotic surrounding, or surrounding, but the mother bird was sitting in her nest, and she was calm, and she was at peace. And to the king, that depicted exactly what peace was all about. Often we think of peace in ways like this, if the violence in our country would just stop, then there would be peace. If, if people would just get along, we would find peace. If life was so much easier, so wasn't so hard, we would find peace. And what we know is those things will never stop. Things like that will never stop. But there is a peace that we can find in this, we can find. And the story touched on it a little bit. But today I want to talk about just for a few minutes the peace of mind. So often people envision true peace as the, the life can, that, in a way that is, everything was just perfect. You know, you've got the blue skies, you've got the big sun, you've got, you're just, everything's going well with you. And yet when the storms and, and the chaos of life, all of a sudden the peace goes out the door. And often we want to believe to, to really find peace, I need more money. I need more things. I need to be promoted. I need to graduate from school. I need to be popular. I, I, I need to make that team. I need, I need, I need. And it seems that so often those people that always got to need something, need something, need something, they're miserable because they're always chasing the dollar. They're always chasing after something. They're always wanting to be in control. They're always needing some kind of nice, expensive thing. And yet they wonder, why can I not have peace? 
In the parable of the rich fool, Jesus gives a warning in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Watch out and be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possession. Here we see Jesus is very clear that our lives isn't about stuff. Our lives is about honoring our God. And if we don't watch out and if, we aren't, if we're not on guard about it, what we know we don't take the warning seriously. Greed will sneak in. And next thing you know, we're right in the middle of it. And when that happens, out goes the peace. But you know what real peace is? It's a state of mind. It's not peace of the surroundings that we have. As I've grown up as a Christian, one thing that I have truly learned in my own life, that the Bible has all the answers that we need, especially when it comes to finding peace. But you know what's hard? This is the thing that I find the hardest for me, is when I find these examples, when I find these words, is applying it to my life. That is hard, because we've all read the Bible, we're all in the classes, we hear these things, and yet the hardest thing I have to do is trying to apply that goes to my life. You know, when I was young, my dad used to say, you know, if you would just listen to me and do what I said, you wouldn't be in the mess that you were in. And yet, you know what, in some ways, I think that's exactly what the Bible is saying, that if we would just listen and apply what the words say to our lives, we wouldn't so much be in a mess at all. And you know, What's interesting about peace is I found that over 329 times peace is mentioned in the Bible. Turn with me, you would, to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We all know this chapter here, and we all know these verses. But I think there's something that we can take from this concerning our peace and all. Philippians chapter 4, if you're there, please. Yes, I better get there. Rejoice to the Lord always. We're looking at verse uh, 4 there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the, world, the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. Paul is telling the Philippians, and he's also telling us, here is your answer to peace. But it's not, it's not, you're not going to get the peace because you have to do something. You have to act on your part. Let's read that over again and look at the action that is being told, or Paul's telling us, that we need to take so that we may obtain peace. Look what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will surpass all understanding. We'll guard your hearts and minds. There is action that I have to take if I am going to receive the peace that God is willing 
to offer. But you know what really jumps out at me right here? Look what it says. It's the word rejoice. The word rejoice is, means that it's delight, taking pleasure. And I wonder if why Christians, when they can't find this inner peace in their life, it's because the joy of the Lord is missing. They've lost that joy in the Lord. They're so caught up into the world. They're so caught up into everything that they just have lost the joy of the Lord. Jeannie and I, we walk a lot. In fact, we walk pretty much every day. We tried to cover five miles or so. But one day I was, we were walking, and I noticed this big, red, beautiful bird. And then I noticed, when I was looking down, I noticed that by the pond there was all these turtles. Next thing I started noticing, the hawks were on top of the trees. And then I started noticing the ducks that were flying over. You know, and the sounds of the bird. All of a sudden I started hearing the chirpings of the bird and everything. And it was at that moment that I realized that all, all the time that I've been walking, I've been looking down, listening to my music, or talking on the phone, and yet I have been missing out what God has been revealing to me the whole time during my walk. And so from that point forward, what I started doing is I started looking. You know, I started seeing what I could see. And next thing you know, I started seeing things on, on our trail that I really hadn't seen before. And what it, it, it just made a big difference. All of a sudden, my walks became much more enjoyable because I was enjoying what was shown to me by God. But I bring that up, not to boast about my walking or anything of that, but I brought it up because I wanted us to know that, you know, it, it takes an effort. It takes, it takes a time where I have to do something to truly enjoy what God has to offer. And when I start looking, and when I start making no, or listening, and when I start making time, what happens is God starts showing me stuff. And, and probably what it's, it's been there all along. I just have never taken the time to look at what God was offering to me. You know, it's not always easy to be content and to be at peace. And it's sure not easy to consider it a joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials as mentioned in James chapter 1, verse 2. But what we, what we can do is we can be honest with ourselves. We can be honest that we are not at peace that I'm struggling with peace, I'm having a hard time, and we can make the effort to do what James says in James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to me. Once again, what is he doing? He says, there is action for me. He says, you want to have peace with me? You, Tim, need to draw near to me. And what will happen? I, he will draw near to me. Turn with me, would, to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. We know this chest section here is, is pretty much that Jeremiah, that God's speaking there about what's about to transpire because they've been in Babylon for so long and everything. 
If you're in verse, or chapter 29, look what it says in verse 10. Read along with me. For We're in Jeremiah 29, verse 10. For thus says the Lord, After 70 years are completed by Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you, cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Listen to what he says. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you, here it is, now he's starting to show some actions from them. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And listen to what he says. And I will listen to you. And here again he says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And what does he say right there? I will be found. Isn't that describing a God that desires to have a relationship with his people? Isn't that describing a God that wants to do something for his people? Isn't that a God that wants to give his peace that he can give to us? But the thing is, we have to take action. He says there, thoughts of peace, not evil. You know, I found some 58 verses that talks about draw near to me and I will help. Friends, when we are truly seeking peace of mind in our lives, it comes down to we have to reach out to God. And you know what he will do? He said he will give us peace. But first we have to make the the step. We have to make the initiation of going forward. We have to make the effort. And God says, you make the effort. I'm going to give you peace. Psalm 73, verse 28 says, But for me, it is good to be near God. Isn't that what every one of us desires? Every one of us want to be near to God. He goes on to say, I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. The Jews in the Old Testament, had a, they put a lot of emphasis and a lot high premium on having peace that their, that their main personal greetings and everything was shalom. It was a word which signifies this precious gift. The word shalom means health, means prosperity. It means well-being. But especially it meant peace be unto you. Used when greeting someone or wishing someone farewell. Peace was something special to the Jewish nation at that time because it was a mental state that allowed a person to be able to weather the storms or weather the hardship that they would face. It was a peace that you could not buy. It was a peace that you could not learn from a book. It was a peace that you could not develop through practice and, or try to create it from drugs or alcohol or anything that the world was trying to offer you for. True peace comes from only from God when one's heart and soul rests securely with Him. Psalms 29 verse 11 says, The Lord will give you strength to His people... The Lord will bless His people with peace. 
anyone that's had that extreme peace in their lives, they know that that is a blessing. We live in a world where peace is, is hard to find. We all go and face challenges and difficulties. We're, we all deal with something. But to have peace of mind, knowing that God offers that to us, it's a wonderful feeling. And it should encourage us to do what we can to, to have that peace. You know, because sometimes, as I mentioned, we get busy in life and distractions start coming about. And next thing you know, we're, we're, we're just we're going back, you know, in so many different directions. And I wonder if we confuse peace of mind with satisfaction. Satisfaction is a good feeling. We've experienced it when we accomplish something like complete a job. Or if you're young and we have a bunch graduating, you graduate, now you've gone to college, you've completed something. You know, you maybe it's a project or a goal that you've taken care of. Or maybe in school you finish a research paper. We've reached all, we've, we've accomplished all kinds of objectives and fulfilled some kind of need, resulting in a pleasure and a peaceful feeling. There's a sense of peace that we feel when we accomplish something. But satisfaction is not a peace, it's not peace of mind. It is a moment of feeling good that you accomplish something. A time to appreciate that God gave us something to do. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 13 reminds us, moreover that every man who eats and drinks and sees goods and all of his labor, it is a gift. From God. But that moment of satisfaction is short lived because we all know that there's those honeydew lists. They never end. And sometimes those lists, when we try to complete, they're not always fun. Peace of mind, on the other hand, is also a feeling, but it's a feeling of balance. It's a sense of harmony in our lives between the physical. And the spiritual. Isaiah says in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Perfect peace. You want God's perfect peace in your life? Isaiah reminds us that we need to keep our mind and our trust in God. Peace of mind is a feeling of assurance. It enables me to have the freedom to be me before our youth in here. I want you to think about it. Peace of mind allows me to be me. It allows me to be me even if I'm going to make mistakes. It allows me to, when I fall short, I can still be me. It allows me when I encounter setbacks in my life, I can still be me. And in discouragement, we've all experienced that. It allows me to be me. That is what peace of mind from God offers. It allows me to be me because I'm trusting in God with that. Peace of mind is a unique joy that Christians have when their trust is in Jesus and his word. Why? Because only through Jesus can I have what Jesus offers. Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33, 
These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may find peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. In, in the ancient times, when, when they built their castles, what they also tried to do is they would build these deep wells inside the walls. And the idea was for, in times of war, so when they were being attacked, the first thing the, the enemy was do would go after to cut off the water supply. But if you had deep wells in your castle, then you could withstand the attacks for some time. You were able to ride out the attacks a lot of times. Peace of mind is like that. Have a deep well that constantly nourishes the souls from within, even as conflict rages in our lives on the outside. Unfortunately, we're all guilty of trying to find some sort of peace in some places, such as think positive, letting things go, face a, or, or focus on the present, accept what you can't change, relax, read, or even speak to a therapist. And the list goes on and on and on what we try to do to obtain peace. Sometimes those things happen or help. Those suggestions, sometimes they do. They come in handy and they help for a while. But the Bible reminds that true peace of mind only comes from Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's the way God made it. God wanted you to have peace of mind. He wanted me to have peace of mind. And he wanted it to be through his son. He didn't want it anywhere else. Yeah, you may get the, all these helps. But you're not going to get true peace. Because God didn't want true peace to come, or peace to come from anywhere but from his son. Jesus the Christ. Jesus says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives you, do I give to you. Not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, as read in John chapter 14, verse 27. What you think about it? The word peace I leave you would be an indicator that Jesus' time on earth was coming to an end. Jesus knew that without him they would be facing troubles and they would be facing fearful times, especially when they saw that he would get arrest, arrested or when he was taken to the cross. They would not know what, his, what, they would, what would take on from that point forward. But Jesus says also, may I give to you peace. My peace I give to you. Knowing that if I would accept him and his teachings keep their faith in him, they would find true peace to deal with the troubles, the fears that would come into our lives. Just like the apostles, we just we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't even know what this afternoon is going to bring. We don't know that. But you know what? We all know who does. God knows. He knows what today is going to be like. And so when we think of peace, the word evokes a sense of calm, a serenity, a feeling that everything will work out. The single word carries a significant meaning for believers and non-believers alike. But it's where the peace is acquired from is the difference. Many will depend on the worldly method. Many will have these individuals' abilities that they can find. 
or resources around them, they will look. But is that truly peace? Or is it just a band-aid of our situation of the time being? As we close out this lesson today, I want to ask you something. When Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Or in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to him who are in Christ Jesus. My question for you is, do you truly believe that? Do you truly believe what those scriptures just said? Or could it be the reason we struggle with true peace is because we are still carrying around the weight of that sin that we cannot let go? It's a struggle that many of us deal with. But the Bible is extremely clear. We will never find true peace without Jesus until we believe that the sin that we are struggling with to let go was nailed to the cross that Jesus died on. I leave with you with this. I read this scripture a lot because I need to be reminded all the time. John tells us in John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we truly believe that is true, that, my friends, is real peace of mind. I want to thank you for the opportunity to bring some thoughts. We live in a struggle or sometimes a difficult world. Peace is sometimes, true peace is hard to find. I thank you for your time, and I share what they say in your song. Shalom. May peace be with you. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at thebibleway.com. Questions at thebibleway.com. We'd love to have you in person. Come if you can. But thank you for connecting with us.